0: I'm Nick from Nicholas Cagefighter. You're listening to the Phantasm Podcast. Phantasm.
1: Maximum Terror. That's your target audience, baby! Phantasm. And you know something? I sort of enjoyed it.
0: Phantasm. Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Oh! Oh! Oh!
1: Hey, this is Dr. Vincent West, medical doctor with the Phantasm Podcast, and I've got with me today, we've got Nick from Nicholas Cage Fodder, and we're going to be talking about their new album that comes out Friday on Metal Blade, The Bones That Grew From Pain. Sir, how are you doing, and how is Australia?
0: yeah very well thank you man um yeah we're doing great down here just looking forward to the tour which we've got coming up in a couple weeks and uh yeah just looking to the future
1: awesome awesome real quick uh for our listeners and myself can you talk about before we jump into this great album can we can you talk about like your role as like when you first joined the band or how the band came about for you like your role in that
0: yeah yeah absolutely so um yeah, so the band had been established quite a fair while before I actually joined it. Uh, I think the guys ended up first starting in around about 2008 or so, okay. uh, going through until about 2012, 2013. Nice. Um, they ended up basically going on a sort of indefinite hiatus. There was a um, handful of just uh, issues and crap and you know, life gets in the way and whatnot, so they sort of put it to rest for a while. Uh, a major venue in Ballarat called Corova Lounge, which had been around for like 40 or 50 odd years, uh, they... Uh, close their doors or well the business itself good the venue's still there thankfully but um yeah so that Caroverland had always been a staple in the Ballarat scene pevy music and they decided to do an honorary sort of one last last night of metal basically uh and got a handful of all the big old Ballarat bands together to sort of do like a farewell show nice. with a couple of new up-and-coming bands playing it as well um, yeah it was really cool man It was an awesome gig Massive turnout It was really really cool To see lots of Lots of old heads And lots of uh, new people In the scene as well Excellent um, Justin. a uh, the guitarist, he basically reached out to me and because we, we'd sort of known each other through the scene, just bumping into each other at gigs and, um, you know, social media and whatnot. Um, he reached out to me and asked if I wanted to actually do a filling and um, actually get up on the stage to help him send it off. And uh, I jumped at the opportunity. You know, I'd always been a fan of their music and it sort of just went from there. Um we got together and uh, we jammed and we practiced and we're sort of just feeling the groove. You know, we're all really enjoying actually being able to play. And pretty much since day one, we've all got along really, really well together. We've just sort of all clicked and gelled. Um, and it was probably after only about two or three practices prior to the uh, the actual gig where we said, nah, fuck it, let's keep doing it. This is fun. Right. We're, we love it. Why not? Um, and yeah, it's just all gone since there
1: that's fantastic let's jump into this album uh it's really really good uh what can you tell us about the first track uh gray eye
0: so um this one is it's just of meant to be like a stage setup i suppose um there's not really too much substantial meaning i suppose behind the lyrics um just for like a little bit of context with the ep that we put out it was the whole Premise and concept behind it was it was meant to be very sort of internalized or sort of inward issues. It was very much so about the self. Um, this album, I sort of wanted to take that lyrical direction and focus on more on the outwards and, you know, people around me while still having a little bit of crossover to the self as well. Um, so this is kind of just like one of the fuck you songs. It's like just, um, so yeah, sort of sets the pace for the whole album and basically just has a dig at people who, you um, don't really take accountability for things in their own life. And, um, yeah, it's just a call out track, basically nothing too crazy or nothing too, uh, um, nice. too much substantial meaning behind it. But yeah,
1: the Perfect. you I uh, gotcha. Uh, track to uh, <laughs> Shrine of wire.
0: Yeah. So this one, it's like a, it's supposed to be a bit of an observation on how as a society, uh, I've seen at least, um, people that sort of claim that they support or believe in or like a, like the so-called, I suppose, allies of people that do live with mental health problems or people that do have internal issues. Um, I see, at least I have definitely seen more people who make a statement out of supporting people with those issues rather than actually supporting people with those kinds of issues. Sure. Um, so, yeah, there's sort of chorus lines of it um romanticizing mental illnesses become a fashion statement um yeah it's it's just just designed to basically make you think about do i actually do anything to help people around me or do i just say i do for the clout of it
1: right right it's a killer track um let's see uh coughing uh, yeah of course thank you uh track three coughing nails um
0: basically a continuation of Shrine of Wire in that sense. Um, I did actually struggle flashing out the lyrics on this one a little bit, truthfully. Um, but it was, yeah, basically meant to continue on that theme and saying that uh, that's sort of like the next step of it, what happens when you actually don't reach out to those people around you and then, you know, they actually, you know, if they take matters into their own hands or if they do start to spiral downwards, um I've seen at least a lot of my friends, I've lost a couple of friends, and uh, I've seen a lot of people really sort of go off the rails because they don't actually have that support network around them. Sure. Um, and yeah, that's just basically meant to be the continuation, the second part to that story, really.
1: Fantastic. Um, as someone that suffers from severe PTSD, I thank you for that, uh, for making the statement. Here, um,
0: yeah, you're, you're welcome. Um, but that's what That's the whole point of this, you know, just to... I suppose, to, to trigger that that thought within people to make them actually sort of, you know, assess their own actions and think about the way they actually do sort of treat the people around them or if they have actually been in that situation where, you know, they actually could have done something for somebody they care about but didn't. Absolutely. You know, that's, yeah. that's the point of it.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, track four, uh, Static Abyss.
0: Um, so this is where there's definitely a big switch up um, in the lyrical theme. This is i suppose probably one of the more preachy tracks off the album i suppose but i actually i actually am a really big fan of this one um i tried to do a little bit more i suppose imagery within the lyrics it wasn't meant to be quite just as literal points but this one is basically about how um humankind basically is destroying the planet you know um you know we literally are mining the fucking earth apart and chopping down forests relentlessly Sure. Um, and that, you know, if we don't actually think about the direction that we are heading in that regard, if we do just continue to tear the earth apart without actually you know, putting much forethought into what is actually going to be left behind, you know, there's only so long that life can sort of be sustained like so.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's a, another burner. It's a great song. Uh, track five, The Bones That Grew From Pain.
0: So this this one is really like the homage back to the cast throughout EP in terms of lyrical content because this one really is about as internal of a track as it can be. Um, This one really is just still about, you know, the internal pain that we deal with uh, and live with and uh, in a sense how that pain does actually reflect into the way that you view the world around you. Um, There are some moments in the track where I sort of uh, speak out to listeners saying, you know, don't don't let yourself, uh, succumb to the same sort of fear and pain that I live with, you know, inside me. Um, you know, I've, I can go through this, but I still believe that I can help you get through it as well. Um, yeah, I really, I really, I do really like this one. This one, um, there certainly are a lot more lyrics to this, I think, than any other song. Um, I suppose just because this is sort of like the most personal one off it. So it is one of my favorites in that sense.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. Another uh, really good track. Uh, track six, Weeping Sores.
0: Uh, so again, uh, similar to how coffin nails, is like a continuation of Shrine of Wine. This one's a little bit of a continuation of the Bones. Um, big deal, a big portion at least of the uh, issues that I have dealt with have come from um, addiction in some form or another Uh, and that's basically what this is about Um, I kind of wanted to leave the the lyrics on this one relatively sparse and not super direct, Um, I wanted it to be a little bit sort of open to interpretation Um, but yeah the basic premise behind it is that um, it's very easy to Hyperfixate fixate on just consuming to you know get over the problems that you have or to use it as a means to get past uh, the pain that you live with um, and that you just sort of need to you know tear that wound open at some point or another so that way you can you know get past it clear your head and yeah be able to move forward
1: excellent excellent um let's see uh, track seven compound and fracture
0: This, one, this one's basically just about the rat race and like a 40-hour working week. Um, there's just, yeah, there's one, there's one line in it that I actually am really a really big fan of. It's just, has the 40-hour week fucked you over yet? Um, <laughs> you know, it's so, sort of, sort of harkening back to Grey Eyes. It's like, it's very easy to say, you know, oh, woe is me, oh, my fucking life sucks, you know, the system's set up to make me fail. Um And, like, don't get me wrong, it is fucking hard trying to balance, you know, like, having a day job and also maintaining a life of your own and having some sort of, like, interest or something that you can call your own. Sure. um, You know, fuck, unless you're you're actually willing to go out and take it and do that, there's only so much that you can actually, you know, facilitate to grow within your own life. So, um, this one's actually kind of like a personal motivator for me as well because it's, like... Fuck, even just when we go to uh, practice after work, it's like, I'm fucking tired, man. You know, when you're getting, like, 10 15,000 steps in your day and you spend eight hours talking to different people and solving other people's shit, it's like, fuck. Now I've actually got to go and do something for myself as well.
1: Right, exactly, exactly. Um, track eight, Foundation?
0: Um, yeah, this is probably, like, the most, um, yeah, definitely. It's, like, the political song. Um, I felt it would kind of be a little bit... Um, not really doing the album justice if i was did an album that was focused on external issues and the problems that i sort of see in the world if i didn't do something that was sort of political um it seems like things are kind of improving but here in australia politics is just fucked man we've got the some of the shit that our politicians do and get away with is just damn right insane um i won't I'm not going to ramble for too long because nobody really uh, wants to hear me just talk about politics on a fucking podcast. You can, if you
1: want dude. talk about it, if you want, it ain't bothering me. Talk about whatever you want.
0: uh, uh, Dude, quarter past past eight in the morning, not a chance. I'm talking about politics. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, Yeah, yeah, this one's just basically meant to be like a, um, Hey, think think for yourself. Kind of track, you know, Um, we're, bombarded with media that just spins all kinds of shit on everything that both sides of the political parties do uh like basically both sides of the major political parties here in Australia do. you (coughs) you need to need to actually just think for a second don't just spit some rhetoric that you heard somewhere just because you know it sort of resonated with you actually sort of dig a little bit deeper and um yeah don't just fall into a herd
1: oh yeah I mean, I live in Florida. Florida is a beautiful state. I grew up here, but politically, it's a, it's a, it's scary, you know. But it's it's, a, it's, 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 it's beautiful, but said. it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of scary. I, I can understand. Yeah, um,
0: I think there's also kind of that running joke of uh, the Florida man. Um,
1: yes, I'm familiar with I that. Think
0: based off some of yes. the <laughs> yeah, I think based off some of the stuff that I have seen um, come out of media from Florida. Yeah, uh, whilst it doesn't look like a beautiful area for sure. <coughs> um, yeah, we'd love to see it. Uh, sure, sure, we'll get to at some point soon enough. Awesome. Um, yeah, I feel you on that. I think we're on the same page there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and let's see, track non heretics Val.
0: Um, so this is like the religion song, okay. um, again, it felt, I didn't really sort of want to just sort of play into that cliche, but again, you know, it sort of felt like it was sort of essential for me to do so. Um, so part of the driver for for this one actually was really because, so for, in Ballarat, um, our hometown, um, it, there's a church where a, so a quite esteemed, um, quite a esteemed member of that church, actually, and quite a high-up member of that church uh, is a convicted child abuser. Uh, So it only seemed fitting to do a song that was aimed squarely at organised religion for that sort of exact reason. Um, Yeah, I tried to sort of stray away from doing something too cliché in terms of the lyrical content, but, um, yeah, uh, this is just basically the fuck organised religion it's very easy for people to sort of get absorbed into, I suppose, an almost sort of cult-like state. State, um, Yeah, just eradicate the paedophilic monarchy. That's the big one.
1: Right. Yeah, it's... America is, <clears throat> you know, in my opinion, is built on church and state. And it's not supposed to be, but it is. And uh, <clears throat> it's it's bad. And that stuff is very real here, unfortunately, as well. So it's... Uh, it's <laughs>
0: Very, very much so the same here. Um, said I wouldn't ramble, but um, yeah, said uh, said politicians that were sort of the focus of the foundation lyrics. Uh, they're basically just best mates and in bed with uh, one of the largest churches that is in Australia. Sure. Uh, so yes. It does. It just sort of goes hand in hand, you know. A lot of this just sort of shit does get either swept under the rug or not necessarily given the actual attention and focus that it deserves. So, yeah, I know what it's like. Yeah, it's, living, living in a great world.
1: It's yeah. It's a it's a big shit show. Um, track ten, the final track, a great <laughs> ruinous deed. <laughs> uh, is a great ruinous uh, uh, deed.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, so. This yeah, this was another one that I sort of wanted to leave a little bit more ambiguous in terms of the actual intended point of it. Um, from my perspective, at least, you know, Ruinous deed is just meant to refer to uh, conflict and violence and murder and death and you know the, um, the pain that we instill on, on the pain that we instill on other people. Um, it's kind of meant to be, I suppose. It's like the point of enlightenment in the track uh in the album rubber. right this track is supposed to be where like i've sort of it's a point of realization where i've come to realize that there is more to just all of this shit that we sort of live with through right. life uh and that if we can't all kind of recognize that once once we are gone uh you know once we're dead, and it's years from now, you know, the only things that are sort of going to remain are the legacy that we leave behind, so what kind of legacy are we sort of leaving in place, you know?
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to ask you about your, your tour cycle, but I have to ask you this, because I meant to lead with this, if it's okay. So the, the name of the band, or I'm assuming someone, or all of you are Nicolas Cage fans, or?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, to be honest with you, I'm probably actually, I suppose... I wouldn't say the least Nicolas Cage fan out of the band, but I think they're probably sort of the least cultured on his films. I've only, um, I've only seen the, uh, oh my God, what's it called? National Treasure. Um, I think the boys have seen a fair few more of his movies, but I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually a little bit slack on that regard. Um, yeah, yeah, we we, we like him. Um, we yeah, we're fans. The name itself so it just sort of came about as a little bit of a joke that just stuck. Sure. Um, but, Yeah, we're uh, always open to collaborations with the big man.
1: His latest movie, I don't know if you saw it, that came out a few months ago, the one with the cat from Mandalorian, where he's playing himself, is really, really good.
0: Yeah, the unbearable weight of massive talent. It's Uh, great. um, I'm... I'm not a massive movie person, truthfully. I do. I, I just I get distracted and bored halfway through. it's sure. something that sort of really captivates me. But it, it is absolutely on my watch list, for sure. Um, a lot of his movies are definitely on my watch list. I just need to actually set aside the time to actually do it.
1: Absolutely. Con Air is a good one. That's the one I would tell you.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've, I have definitely heard that one thrown around a lot. That's towards the top of the list to watch. That's
1: a, it's a good one. Um, so let's talk about this tour that you have coming up. Tell us about that.
0: Yes, yeah, so um, it kicks off soon, really soon, uh, within about the next two weeks, if my dates are correct. Um, we're looking forward to it. So we are playing five shows, uh, Sydney, probably got uh, Newcastle, Sydney, Melbourne, Ballarat, and Adelaide. Uh, we're taking along a handful of our mates. So, uh, we've got the guys in Teeth, Relapse, and Shokan coming along. Nice. Um, we met Relapse. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's a good tour, man. Yeah, really cool. Um, they're going to be some heavy shows. some very fun. Um, all wonderful people. Um, we haven't yet met the guys in Teeth before. Uh, they did sort of jump on as a replacement because we have had some issues with some other lineups in terms of just getting everybody's schedules to sure. align in COVID and work and whatnot that you know as it is um, so yeah i'm really looking forward to meeting and playing uh, playing with them uh relapse and shokan as well we've played shows with them in the past and we love their music we think they're both great bands and they, they're all great people to work with as well we really enjoyed that so this is basically just going to be a giant tour uh there's just a bunch of mates hanging out um yeah we couldn't be looking forward to it more um Particularly as well, the Ballarat show, our hometown one, because of COVID and uh, restrictions with venues and whatnot, we haven't actually been able to play a hometown show in almost three years. Shit! So we're we're expecting that one, in particular, to get a little bit chaotic. Um, but then as well as that for particularly Sydney and Adelaide we're also expecting it there to be quite large shows because they are also uh, the hometowns of uh, Teeth and Relapse as well Um, we were hoping to get Brisbane on board but again just uh, and a couple of other shows actually we did have some other dates lined up but again it all just comes back to logistics and sort of what's feasible um, at the moment especially with so many other larger bands touring around now that everything's coming a little bit more concrete we didn't sort of want to undercut any of the shows by sort of trying to condense too much in such a short space of time um yeah we're looking forward to it man should be fun as hell
1: excellent excellent and can you talk to me about the recording process and writing process for uh the bones that grew from pain
0: yeah yeah of course so um in terms of like where the writing actually starts, realistically, so Justo Justo just writes riffs. Um, he's a fucking riff machine, man. He, he's and he's got a really knack for. Oh, it's great, man. He just pumps them out. It's it's fantastic. Excellent. But he, the the riffs that he writes, we all like. Um, I don't I don't think we've really sort of heard anything that he's sort out that we disliked by any means. Um, the vast majority of it, we we just love it <laughs> when we hear it. Um, now davo as well who is also just a drum machine also on legs um he's got a great knack for hearing a riff that justo plays and having a very strong idea of the sort of drums that would be really suitable for that that would sort of fit into the style of music that we're trying to write Um, because davo definitely does come from more of a like metal and death metal focus rather than the hardcore side of things but he's very quick is he sort of blending the two styles really well together um hence how, that's really the foundation of how we sort of get our sound um bardwell has got a sort of deeper understanding of things like uh, music theory and sort of keys and scales and chords and things like that and we'll make some sort of minor adjustments and tweaks here and there just to make things a little bit more cohesive um and then i tend to sort of bring my lyrics in towards the end um on the later half of things i'm because this is sort of like the first proper band that I've been in, at least. It definitely takes me a bit longer to sort of get the creative juices flowing. I definitely don't have so much practice in that sense. So sure. I'm definitely probably the slowest member. Um, but yeah, we sort of, we flash out the songs as a whole uh, and then we go see Kai. Uh, so Kai uh, is a good mate of ours who basically just lives like a five or 10 minute drive from all of us. And he's got quite a good little home studio set up in his place. Um, so we'll slot in, we'll do pre-pro. We'll make sure that we've got the like the core foundations of the song set out, you know, we've got the structures and the way they're going to flow and all the ideas out um, we get that recorded down and then we get the actual recordings done uh, for the EP um, we did get uh, Roman to do the mixing and mastering but for the album we got uh, Dave Kaminsky from Studio Wormwood in the States to do it for us um, so yeah, Kai kind of did like a Pre mix, you know, um, getting sure. the rough idea of what it is that we want down. Um, yeah, we just really enjoy work uh, working with him because it's a comfortable space. We can sort of butt heads constructively when it comes to the sort of stylistic decisions that we make. Um, but always on good terms as well Which is why we like going there It's um, just a comfortable environment He pushes us to perform really well um, You know, like if we've got an idea that we really believe in That he doesn't like style-wise He'll basically just say to us, okay, same as anything else You've just got to do it really fucking well um, And yeah, just pushes us Doesn't accept anything less than 100% uh, Which is why we like going there um, That's sort of pretty much it Yeah, just not not really too much behind it We riff, we record, set to go.
1: You mentioned someone in the States. Is he someone that is, does he do a lot of records for bands and stuff?
0: So, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, Dave Kaminsky of Studio Wormwood. Um, He's worked with bands that are, traditionally a little bit more sort of metal than us. Um, I think a bit more sort of doomy and stonery sort of metal bands than uh, something sort of more on the hardcore kind of front. Um, but we were actually put onto him through our connections at uh, Metal Blade Records, and they believed that he'd be a good fit and a good mix for us. Um, and, yeah, we just we sort of clicked with him and got along really well with him from day one as we started uh, getting in touch with him. Um, and, yeah, we're really sort of pleased with the product that he's given us and yeah yeah it was really really cool being given the opportunity to work with him and yeah we enjoyed it a lot
1: fantastic um and then last thing uh before i let you go can you talk about the album artwork
0: yeah yeah absolutely so we actually had a fair few different art pieces uh that we were (laughs) planning on using um i think so the the album artwork that we actually settled on as the main cover, I think that was actually the third or fourth piece of artwork that we got. So we we, we came across an uh, artist online. I always get his name wrong, but I believe his name was Gabor Toth. Okay. I think that was it, Gabor Toth. Um and so we gave him sort of the title of the album and a rough sort of aesthetic gist of what it was that we wanted. Um, sort of, so the, the sort of theme that we ran with visually was the idea of the title is that you know bones are like a very uh, structural kind of thing. You know, they're the basis of who we are and the foundation of you know us. Uh, and then to sort of visualise and represent the pain that they stem from. We kind of wanted uh, these sort of characters or this uh, persona that was sort of kind of hollow or frail or fragile, but still um, sharp (laughs) and, you know, very very kind of in-your-face or aggressive-looking. So we we actually have a couple of different pieces of artwork, and I believe there's a total of three or four bits of artwork that are included with the uh, LP. Nice. I'm trying to uh, <laughs> I'm trying to run back through all of the actual uh, <laughs> material that we've got. We've got cool. we I've got a lot teed up for it. Uh, yeah, I think there's a total of three or four bits of artwork that you get. Um, this was sort of the one that we thought just worked the best as like a primary cover after we saw them all. Um, there's one which is a very similar type of character, sort of an, amongst... Um, sort of not on his own basically in like a sort of crowd of other similar characters um and a couple uh, at the same type of uh design that we have for the cover there's like an alternate shot to that um but yeah this is the one that we ended up setting on just because we felt it was the most sort of literally in your face sort of design um and yeah we thought it was a sort of good Theme and a good sort of fit for where the lyrics and the concept of the album was meant to end up.
1: It's great. Thank you so much for sharing uh, everything about the record today. I really appreciate your time. Uh, the Bones That Grew From Pain from Nicolas Cage Fighter comes out Friday from Metal Blade Records. Uh, before I let you go, would you mind doing a media plug for me?
0: Uh. So uh, you can find all of our music on Spotify and YouTube uh, through Metal Blade Records. Um, our music is available on Bandcamp as well. Our record can be purchased on NerveGas and through JB Hi-Fi. Um, I can never remember the different distributors for the US. You. Were- and uk but we do have vinyl available for overseas as well as within australia as well uh the album comes out literally tomorrow uh one more day we cannot wait um yeah get some riffs up here come pit out come pit come see us
1: awesome man i hope we get to do this again sometime i wish you all the best and uh thanks for doing this i appreciate you getting up early to do this with me thank you
0: no, hey, thank you for staying up and having me on board, man. It has been really fun. Thank you. Awesome, appreciate dude. It a lot.
1: Have a good rest of your day. I appreciate you.
0: Thank you, mate. You too. And you know something? I sort of enjoyed it. Phantasm.